Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. I got off Facebook. That's really good. That's a big life improvement. Is anyone here? What are you guys doing? You got to get off Facebook. It's terrible. It's so terrible. I feel like Facebook, it's like, okay, so if someone, like, okay, here's the deal. If, if I were alone at like two in the morning, I will go through all of your pictures. <laughs> Like, I'll look at thousands of your pictures. I'll know what your friends look like. I'll know what their friends look like. I know what their parents look like. Like, I know if you go on a vacation, I know what you wore every day. Like, that's just something that I'll, I'll spend my time doing it. But if you dare come up to me with a real photo album, you would show me three pictures, print it out, I'll be like, get the fuck out of here. You're wasting my time. Get out of here. My time is precious. All right, that was Joe Firestone talking about Facebook and her Comedy Central half hour. I love Joe. I hope you guys love her too. Uh, she has a podcast of her own on Comedy Central called Everyday Decisions with Joe Firestone. It's truly delightful. I really like it a lot. And welcome to the show. I am Tom Takar. This is Stand Up with Tom Takar. That's me. And uh, I got some I got some fun comedy for you guys today. And uh, I should go ahead and introduce my my producer here, producer extraordinaire, Coach T's here with me. How are you, Coach? I'm doing well, Tom, and how you living, man? I'm good, man. I've been really enjoying that people have been using the email already. I put I put it out there on, on Thursday, and people are already sending emails. So if, if you want to send an email to the show, it's suttpod at gmail.com, short for stand-up Tom Takar, uh, suttpod at gmail.com. Or you can always just DM me, like I've said in the past, I have... All kinds of time to respond to people now, apparently. So I I do enjoy seeing it, but I've been uh, I really appreciate all the positive reviews and stuff. It's been it's been a nice little uh, glimmer of positivity in this bleak shit, uh, and I appreciate everybody saying that this is like a nice break from them. I'm gonna try to avoid talking Corona stuff as much as I can, just because I think people use this to escape from that, as do I. So Corona's we're just over. Gonna, the it's mall, over. The malls are open. <laughs> that's I mean, all we really want to go to right that's what i if i can't go to an h&m and wear yeah. a shirt that's going to dissolve as i walk out of the store and it's raining um then i then i'm not a free american so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, if i can't go to uh spencer's gifts and buy panties that say uh this is where my ass is or something like that um <laughs> then how am i living you know yeah we, uh, we survived we made it <laughs> we did it yeah <laughs> uh I, I i really liked uh i liked joe's clip a lot it's uh it was about facebook are you a facebook user coach i don't do the social media that much 
Yeah, not much. That's that's great, man. I I can't get away from it, and it really is poison. And I've been getting caught up in the shit with people complaining about people uh, moving around, like moving around during Corona. It's people are just really crazy online right now. I'm not gonna get into that because, like I said, it's just a it's it's something I'm trying to avoid. But I I've been also trying to get it off of Facebook as much as I can. But in that clip, Joe talks about going through every bit of somebody's profile basically but if they tried to show you a photo album in real life you'd you'd be like you're wasting my yeah, time i'm good i'm good i want to see your photo album that's why <laughs> it's, it's so true though i find myself the other day i was like i just remembered a random person that i went to like middle school with and i was like i wonder whether where they are and then i found their whole life like i i searched it they're married to the person they were with when we were nine years old so it's really like, it's crazy yeah it's really crazy um and it was it was <laughs> i was talking to a buddy of mine and i was like oh yeah i remember i had a crush on this girl i was in a play with and then uh she started dating this guy who was also in the play with her and now they've been married <laughs> since like high school it's very weird we were like 10 years old it's very bizarre but i spent a big part of my day uh, doing that. And I am trying to also slow down a little bit with social media. Somebody also did something that's been driving me crazy. And you could, if you want to drive somebody nuts on social media, here's a fun way to do it that's kind of positive is go through and like the last like eight out of nine of their tweets. <laughs> leave one, leave one alone so that all day they're just like, what was wrong with that one? Oh <laughs> like, my goodness! I can't, I can't get into that stuff like that. That's that's crazy. It's psychological terrorism, um, but I but I do like it. How you been spending your week, Coach? Yeah, you know I'm very busy. Um, I like I'm doing music. I'm super busy. It's really crazy. I've been doing that, a is lot. Is that good? Um, I just stay busy. Like like I'm kind of like a like a hustler. So I'm like. You know, when shit's raining, like I'll figure out how to get an umbrella, and so sure. I well, just been, you don't need to brag. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of us can figure out where to get a damn umbrella. In New York, they sell them on the streets when it's yeah. raining, coach. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of I've been doing a lot of music, and I and I have like an idea. I think what the next maybe ten years of my life might be looking like. Cause, Man, uh, yeah, yeah, you are a calculated guy. I I respect it. I I have a I I feel like um, Facebook is one of the the better social media sites, right? Isn't that mainly That's about family? No, here's the thing. It can be that, but I think at least if you're a comic, you have all these people on your Facebook who have a bunch of different opinions coming together and being very annoying. And so... That's a lot of it, but I use it for, I have some groups of friends mm -hmm. that have ch like chats on there. Like we have a uh, Facebook chat I use more than anything, but, and I'm in some like, I'm in a stand up comedy club where we talk about comedy. It's, it's very nerdy and fun, but the problem is, yeah, then there's family who it's not even my family that I'm, it's, it's other comics that interacting that ends up driving me crazy, but it's it's very toxic. So enlighten me, because I'm not on social media like I need to, especially because you know, I, for a guy who doesn't try that hard, I've done okay in entertainment. But um, I understand that. I think you try really hard. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I mean, I try on social media. <laughs> oh, I like, I yeah, yeah. I, I put yeah, yeah. the effort in, but I don't like promote the things I do, and it's really stupid. And I'm working <laughs> on that. That's something I need to work on. But I feel like Facebook is for families. 
Instagram is for thoughts and hoes. And Twitter, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for clarification. I don't want to get anyone upset. See, I go the other way where it's, I, I do think some people may view it that way. Like it's, it's. Facebook is family. Twitter is like maybe news for yeah, some people. Yeah, news woke people. That's yeah, the, and woke stuff. And then Facebook is, is that, or in, uh, Instagram is thoughts and hoes. Yeah. And prayers. It's thoughts and prayers and hoes. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, I use Instagram as mostly a promotional t- tool. Like I don't, a lot of people have, I've heard like Instagram the most. I don't really, uh, I don't know why. I just don't really love it it's i find myself still being lost on it but a lot of it's just seeing what my friends are doing but most of it is people kind of bragging it feels like almost all of these just feel like tools for people to brag and i i yeah well there's a difference can't handle it so when i scroll through a facebook feed and i like i'd have to like search for facebook on my phone but i'm getting like hey we just had a baby our nephew just graduated but when i'm going to instagram it's like scrolls and scrolls and scrolls of people who are just comfortable with their face in the internet and that's yes, and that's it's not up close face yeah that's not I, a lot of people i feel like not i don't I, got the face for the gram that's i maybe i feel the same way i'm not a big i use it also again it's like people message me on there so i end up interacting with people like that um but I will say this, Coach. If if your Instagram is all thoughts and hoes, you know that's because you're following them, right? Yeah, I had to, I had to go <laughs> in. I had to. I had following. to go in and like. I have like requirements for my Instagram now. Like, <laughs> you got to have your clothes on and shit like that. It got <laughs> it got out of control. I could ruin your whole day. You could be like True. focus and then see the wrong shit on Instagram. It's like, damn, now I got to deal with this thought in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and you mean T H O T thought? In your head, right? <laughs> I mean, like, literally, yeah. I had to cut that shit out, man. Because I work around kids and shit. I pull my phone out. Like, how do you yeah, explain? Yeah, that's this? no good. This is what happens to me with comedians too. And a lot of comedians post very thirsty stuff, especially during quarantine. And sometimes I'll just be on my phone. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. I'm not trying to see. Your ass, like especially some of these dudes are just posting their bare asses right now. It's, it is funny. A guy's bare ass is funny it's at the end funny, of the day. Because I don't want to fuck it, but it's not if you want to fuck it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Then it's not. Funny. Somebody yeah, wants yeah, to fuck that ass, and they're, they're fucked up the for a while. To, yeah, you're laughing all the way to till you come. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, Anyways, Instagram could be tough, man. But uh, who you got to, uh, for us to listen to tonight, man? I got some clips I'm real excited for you guys to hear. I put a lot of time into uh, both and into the whole show this week, like I do every week, to be honest. But I this week uh, I was really excited because I, I got a message from somebody that who had a request, um, and that was let me find this message real fast. Uh, it was from somebody on uh, Insta named uh, at Kiriaki. I think I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, she sent me a message saying that uh, she'd love to hear some bitch Hedberg sometime. And I would also, I was also thinking the same thing. I was already kind of, li- I had already been listening to Mitch recently because in an earlier episode, I played Dan Mintz to open the show. And Dan Mintz is a great, great one liner comic. And it's hard to listen to any one-liner comic for me without thinking of Mitch Hedberg. So this first clip is a group of clips from uh, Mitch Hedberg's album Strategic Grill Locations. And the second clip is from Nate Bargatze on his special Full-Time Magic. (laughs) 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That'd be cool if you could eat a good food with a bad food and the good food would cover for the bad food when it got to your stomach. Like you could eat a carrot with an onion ring, then they would travel down to your stomach, then they would get there, then the carrot would say, it's cool, he's with me. I saw a soda pop for a dollar twenty a six pack. You know that price fucks with your head, cause then you start to think that you're gonna sell pop. <laughs> Suddenly I got things that pop with me. What's going on, Mitch? Not much, man. Looking to buy some pop? <laughs> Fifty cents a can. It's not refrigerated, cause this is a half-ass commitment. my friend said to me, he said, I think the weather's trippy. Then I said, no, man, it's not the weather that's trippy. Perhaps it is the way that we perceive it that is indeed trippy. Then I thought, man, I should have just said, yeah. <laughs> I thought this guy right, driving a car, he either worked for Domino's or he was borrowing the car. I, I knew that. I have a girlfriend named Lynn, she spells her name L-Y-N-N. And my old girlfriend's name is Lynn too, she spells her name L-Y-N. Every now and then I fuck up, I call my new girlfriend by my old girlfriend's name. <laughs> and she can tell because I don't say N as long. <laughs> I open up a yogurt, underneath the lid it said, please try again, because they're having a contest I was unaware of. But I thought I might have opened the yogurt wrong. <laughs> or maybe your play was trying to inspire me. Come on, Mitchell, don't give up. Please try again. A message of inspiration from your friends at your play. Fruit on the bottom, hope on top. When everyone's clapped, Chuck changed it up. <laughs> you weren't even clapping at me, you were clapping at something he just did. That's what I think, I think you guys are like laughing and clapping at me, but Chuck's fucking killing. He's doing, he's doing, he's doing good. Club owner here, when he comes to town, he hooks up with drugs, like he'll give you cocaine and pop brownies. But last time I was in town, he, he gave me a drug for attention deficit disorder. Because he's afflicted. But I'm not. So what happened to me was I suddenly had an extra long attention span. And people would be telling me a story, then the story would end, and I'd get all mad and shit. Come on, man, there's gotta be more to that story. I'm on pills here. I have a friend who's a juggler, and when I go to his house, I don't like to take food from him if it's in threes. He has three apples left. I guess I can't have one. 
Won't want to fuck up the practice routine. All right. I have a hotel room and my friend comes over. He says, can I use a phone? I says, certainly. He says, do I need to dial nine? Yeah, especially if it's in the number. You can try four and five back to back real quick. My lucky number is four billion. That doesn't come real handy when you're gambling. Come on, four billion. Fuck, seven. Not even close. I need some more dice. Four billion divided by six, at least. <laughs> snake eyes now. <laughs> I just said snake eyes. It's a gambling term. Oh, it's an animal time, too. <laughs> Popsicles are for the summertime. I like to play blackjack. I'm not addicted to gambling. I'm addicted to sitting in a semicircle. I just realized how useful this table is. Because of this table, everything's a little bit closer to me, but I take it for granted. <laughs> I try to act like it's just like the flow. I tried to, I tried to have a cookie, and this girl said, I'm mailing those cookies to my friend, so I couldn't have one. You shouldn't make cookies untouchable. <laughs> All right. My manager takes 10% from me. Sometimes I work for free drinks. I bring him home a Jack and Coke. I'm out to dinner with a group of friends and someone offers to pay for the check. I immediately reach for my wallet because inside is a note that says, say thanks. I used to do drugs, I still do, but I used to too. I used to have really long hair and people thought I was high on stage because people associate long hair with drug use. I wish long hair was associated with something other than drug use. Like an extreme longing for cake. And then strangers would see a long hair guy and say, that fucker eats cake. He is on bunk cake. Mother saying to their daughters, don't bring the cake eater over here anymore. He smell like flour. Did you see how excited he got when he found out your birthday was fast approaching? <laughs> this is my friend said to me, said, you know what, I like mashed potatoes. It's like, dude, you had to give me time to guess. <laughs> if you're gonna quiz me, you have to insert a pause. <laughs> Seven minutes left. <laughs> Seven minutes of pure fucking hardcore comedy. <laughs> it's hardcore. This shit's rough here. This is a rough section of my act right here. I say this for last. Cause it's a little blue. I, lo I love the bass, man. Any, any moment of silence is no longer bad. It's like there's something going on. I like that. 
I saw a band in New York City. It was a rock and roll outfit called Monster Magnet. And the singer got on the microphone. This is what he said. He said, all right, how many people feel like human beings tonight? And they said, all right, how many people feel like animals? And everybody cheered out to the animals part. But the thing is, I cheered out to the human beings part. Because I did not know that there was a second part to the question. I saw a jar of jelly beans is having a contest at this fair. So guess how many jelly beans are in the jar and you win a prize? Oh, come on, man. Let me just have some. <laughs> Let's make a compromise. You guess how many I want. <laughs> if you said a handful, you are right. <laughs> so I could imagine taking. We go to a restaurant on the weekends, it's busy, so they start a waiting list. They start calling out names. They say, Dufresne, party of two. Table ready for Dufresne, party of two. If no one answers, they'll say the name again. Dufresne, party of two. But then if no one answers, they'll just go right on to the next name. Bush, party of three. Yeah, what happened to the Dufresnes? No one seems to give a shit. Who can eat at a time like this? People are missing. You fuckers are selfish. The Dufresnes are in someone's trunk right now with duct tape over their mouth and they're hungry. That's the double whammy. We need help. Bush, search party of three. You can eat once you find the Dufresnes. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chuck, too. Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show and Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. It's our first kid. I don't know if we had a kid too late in life. Sometimes I wonder. Like, you know, I'm 35. She was, I was 33 when she was born. And like, because you ever ask someone that has kids, you're like, when's the best time of your life? They will say before they have kids or after their kids move out. There's like 20 years they don't mention, and that's when kids are in their house. So by the time my daughter moves out, I'll be 53. I'll be dead within hours. So I've just pushed it too far, you know? Like I should have done it earlier. Uh, like I watched that show Teen Mom, and I was like, man, those girls are nailing it. Like that's what. Just get it over with, you know? No one likes junior high or high school anyway, so just throw a kid in the mix. <laughs> Wrap it all up. If I had my daughter at 13, she'd be moved out right now. Right now, she'd already be gone. I will be excited, like, I'll be excited when she goes, uh, like when she goes to school, like to do homework with her and stuff, you know? Because it's like bonding, and it's not going to hurt for me to do one more run through. Uh, <laughs> just one more pass. None of it stuck for me. I went to uh, community college for one year. Dude, yeah, a couple of us, just me and this guy. That's, did you go for longer than a year? Or one year, two? Or did you go to real college? Couple years. Oh, all right. <laughs> Val Victorian over here, gee. <laughs> I, I made it one 
And what's even more embarrassing that uh, I do not have a credit. Literally, I do not have, I have zero credits. Do you have credits? You got credits, like all of them? Did you graduate community college? You think you're better than me? No, just, I just started the tag. He's like, I don't know. It's easy, I think, to graduate. Like, I, you know, my loan was $40. I just paid cash. That's all. I was like, this is good. He was like, that's more than enough. Uh, I was all remedial classes, which remedial, you know, it's like, they, they just, they don't count. None of them count. So they, I, all my classes were outside. Everyone was outside. We wouldn't even meet inside the building. We would just meet at a picnic table outside because our teacher was like, well, you guys will all be working outside. Uh, we're going to teach you about weather, you know? And like, we're going to teach you about morning dew, how to get your socks wet. You'll be getting up pretty early the rest of your life. I hope you guys like sunrises because you're going to see a lot of them. That's what remedial classes are for. They're a heads up that you're going to do manual labor. The assignments, our teachers are like, all right, so today's assignment is we're going to help me move. So, it's, I think that's the requirements for uh, community college is like, you got to have a car and like live in your parents' house still. Like, or your kids move out of your house. Like, that's the other thing. Like, kids, like, it's just in remedial, too. It's like, I'm just with old people that are like, you know, I don't know. They're like, you're mad at them because they're asking all these questions. You're like, quit asking questions, all right? I'm trying to do what you did when you were 18. So don't come ruin it for me. I'm, uh, I fall for a lot of stuff. I really do. Like, I, uh, I worry about, you know, catfish, like getting catfish. Do you know that? That's another MTV show. I like what MTV's doing right now. And they, I like, if you, if you get tricked on the internet is what being catfished is. And the big famous story was Manti Teo, the football player that believed in the fake girlfriend. And uh, when I saw that, I was like, I get it. I would fall for that. I knew I would. I mean, I'm 35, I still do not sleep with socks on because my dad told me my feet can't breathe when I was a kid. I still believe that. So you bet I could talk to a fake woman for quite a while. A long time. I almost joined the army when I was 18 just because they called. That was the only reason. I thought I got picked. I was like, oh wow, this is an honor. Like, uh, huh. I also signed up for a JCPenney credit card at 18 because they called and I was like, man, this day is getting crazier and crazier. I would love it. I would love a credit card. I just got called for the army. I'll go get some stuff. My mom had to go get me out of all of that. My mom had to call the army and JCPenney in the same day. She was like, he's not doing any of this. He got to the phone quicker than he usually does. So... The J, just so you know, the JCPenney credit card was the tougher to get out of. <laughs> if you want to know it all. That's, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty dumb. I'm I, like, you know, I tell people I'm dumb. I'm like, hey, I'm dumb. And, but no one goes like, okay. They're just always like, I bet you're not dumb. And you're like, well, I'm trying to help you out here. Uh, <laughs> we're about to have a conversation. So I'm just trying to give you a heads up.
Here's a story. I can prove it. If I need it, like, I prove it. Like, everybody's like, no, we, yeah, you know. Uh, we don't need proof. Here's my proof is when I was 15, my first job was uh, in Nashville. It was at Opryland Theme Park. We used to have an amusement park. And I was working, and uh, I'm sitting eating lunch, and this couple sits down, and we start talking and stuff. I was like, I'm Nate. And the guy's like, I'm John. This is my wife, Jane. And they were, their last name was Doe. So it was John and Jane Doe. And I was just like, that's the craziest thing. Like, what are the odds of that, you know? Like, that's so crazy. Couldn't believe it. Cut to earlier this year, I'm 35, I'm driving, and I'm thinking about John and Jane Doe. And, you know, I was like, I bet they were lying to me about that. That's how long it took, 20 years, for me to catch on to a joke they wouldn't remember saying. I don't think they would remember it. They'd be like, maybe we did that? Well, it worked. It worked so good. I tried to, I tried to Google them, because I was like, maybe, that's not, maybe they're not lying, you know? I'll find them and go talk to them. Uh, but I'm sad to report they were murdered. Yeah, 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 it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I think of it like uh, like time traveling. Like if I could go back in time, like if I could go back in time tonight and go back to like the twenties, knowing everything I know right now, I don't think I would make a difference. <laughs> I don't think you guys would even hear about it. I don't think you would. I just don't, like, because I don't have anything to get, you know, like, I would go back, and I would see, like, some guy on an old phone, and I'd be like, hey, eventually they have phones you, like, carry in your pocket. And they're like, yes, like, how do they do it? I'm like, I mean, I don't know how they do it. Um, I think it's a satellite, I think, a satellite. They're like, what's a satellite? Oh, I should have even said that. Uh, It's like metal. Metal's got to go pretty high in the air. I don't know if you guys are doing it. I don't even know if I could prove I'm from the future. I don't even think I could. I think I would just get stuck because they would want something. Like, who's the next president? Oh, boy. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. You guys are going to love him. He's really good. They just think I'm from the past. That's what they were like. It would just look like they don't have to get a regular job. I would just have to, like, wait tables or something in the 20s. I would go back in time and do worse than I'm doing right now. Okay, that was Mitch Hedberg and Nate Bargatze. God, I love those clips. Mitch Hedberg. I can listen to him all day, and there's a lot of lore. A lot of people already know a lot about Mitch Hedberg because he's a comedy legend, uh, unfortunately passed too soon. Um, but he's, he's just incredible. I don't know if everybody knows this. He's from Minnesota. Oddly enough, so many great comedians from Minnesota. It's very, it's very weird. Uh, number wise, Maria Bamford, not born in Minnesota, but she is, she grew up there, I believe. And, uh, who else? Chad Daniels, Cy Amundsen, Nick Swardson, just a ton of, ton of great, uh, great comedians that I, that I love. Um, and yeah, I just I, I really like that whole album. It's 
I don't know how much people know about this, and I, I could be misremembering, but I remember hearing a story about Mitch's half hour on Comedy Central that he was apparently he apparently recorded a really long one, and they 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 end up being about twenty minutes each of these half hours, and apparently he I've heard was bombing for like part of this half hour, and then all of a sudden just started killing, and I could see that because. He's a very jazzy guy. In fact, in this album, he has somebody playing, I believe, an upright bass. Yeah, what, uh, while yeah, what he's was that? He just—it's—it makes sense totally with the album, and he—he he makes a point about it. I love the album version of this. I played the the album instead of the half hour, and I love both. But I love the I love the looseness of this half of this album. It's it's just got a very jazzy feel to it, where he, he's being very loose. He throws some jokes out that he's like, "That didn't even make sense." It's so bonkers. <laughs> he just he goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do two hours tonight. Fuck it." And he's he's just being very silly, and it's just really fun. You hear him just totally in his element, and yeah, he has this guy playing bass. He kind of fucks with the guy a little bit. Uh, he he keeps saying that the audience likes the bass player more than him. Yeah, and yeah. he has. The bass, I, I think that this is why a lot of one-liner comedians use an instrument. Um, people like Nick Thune, Zach Galifianakis. They, there's, it's, it's nice to have an instrument with one-liners because if a joke ends, there's like a little bit of silence and it fills that space. And he talks about it in the album. He's like, yeah, I love how there's no awkward quietness because there's this bass and it sounds really cool, I think, and it goes with his jokes, and it it makes him feel a little cooler. And he was cool, but he, as legend had, he wore sunglasses all the time on stage. And some people think that that's just for the look, and it goes, it does go with the look. But from what I remember hearing, it's that he was truly nervous, and so it was hard for him to look at the audience and have them see his eyes. Yeah, there's and I remember hearing a story about him turning his back to the audience as well. It, I, he definitely picked up on some like neuroses by the way he was like telling his joke, and it and then with the album you picked it was a less polished than the uh, than the half hour, so mm-hmm. it, it felt a little bit more intimate, and I, I feel like I got to know Mitch a little bit more. You know, we've all studied his half hour, but that album definitely gave a different introduction to who he is. Absolutely, I I really like that about it because. I think if you just watched the half hour, you'd come away going like, "That guy's kind of kooky. He's he's funny, uh, but he's like a weird. I I don't know." And it's it's just joke, 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 joke. Listening to that album, you hear the coolness of of Mitch, and also just how loose and how he just is a comedian in his bones. Like he's he's purely funny, and I I love albums for this reason. And I think. Uh, people should listen to comedy albums the same way they listen to music albums where they just go through and listen to somebody's whole discography because you can hear a lot of interesting stuff in it and it's just yeah i just i really like the rhythm of this album and it's weird it's really weird to listen to to be honest because i couldn't if i just used the half hour if we just took a, a chunk from this half hour you would hear you know eight great jokes but I like the fact that you kind of hear him messing around asking about the light and stuff like that in here. You get the sense of being in a comedy club a little bit yeah. or in a in a comedy venue watching a live show. Yeah, this um, this inspired me because I've had the, the pleasure of producing two very good 
let's say hip hop comedy albums, but mm-hmm. completely different. One is with my guy Jamar Neighbors, who is like I recorded Jamal Jamar. I'm sorry, I recorded him for about three years, and over three years, he's a one liner comic, but like a hood one liner comic. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, then I did it, and I was like, okay, and everyone liked it. It did well, and then I did Chris Rock's. And his everything was not a one-liner. Everything built to like the next one. And then I was just like, man, it just made me, it just made, it just put more creative ideas in my head because I have my guy Jamar and everybody wants to make Jamar more like a Chris Rock, more like a Dave Chappelle, making every joke lead up to a, you know, a bigger closure. But I'm like, but he's so funny like this, but so many people dismiss him. And so I'm just like, man, I I don't even know because Mitch was such a, I feel like he was I feel like he was a genius but do you do you do you predict that Mitch would have been would you think he would have lived up to his lore? Absolutely. Absolutely mm-hmm. I do. But it's hard to say because the reality is things happen the way they happen and there's no real way to predict what would have happened after this. Um he was clearly battling a lot uh throughout through his career and he blew up kind of quickly like once he had this album out he did letterman and got quite a bit off of that because he is such a unique dude um and yeah i think if you listen to this album you can hear just how purely silly he is and the fact that he's just throw if you listen to the whole thing you can hear him just say nonsense at some points and it's kind of funny like it's still and he even points out he goes there's no joke there i have nothing i didn't I I should we should cut that from the album. <laughs> yeah, he says that, which which makes me think because I've played like Jamar for people who people who matter, and they and they whatever feedback they have for Jamar, they I'm sure they had it for Mitch because I'm listening to it and it's like, oh Mitch, you're not tight enough. Mitch, you're not polished enough. Uh, you're a few years away. But at the same time, he seemed to like he he killed. So I'm confused as to I guess what, I mean what's right and like, maybe what's wrong because if you're gonna critique that traditionally. Sure. Wouldn't you give some traditional critiques as far as he's just not tight or prepared enough? It's hard to say because you could say that for sure, but it's it's because th- there's another album that you could compare this to with in terms of somebody just being crazy tight, and that we're gonna play it at some point on the show. But David tells Skanks for the Memories is a technically perfect album mm-hmm. because it there's no wasted breath. There's just, it's just nonstop killer and nonstop jokes. And this is a totally different thing from that and I like both albums so much for different reasons. And it's part of what I talk about where it's like I I think I have pretty eclectic taste with comedy where both the both the comedians this week are people who someone might come into saying what like the, w- yeah. why is this good you know why is yeah. this why is this great comedy and a lot of it's just how unique yeah. Mitch's voice is and his joke style so many of his ideas are so silly and they're oh rapid fire the the reality is if you count the jokes if you were to pull this album apart and drop out all the jokes on a on a piece of paper. There's so many, and there's so many great ones. Yeah. So it's almost like you get, ex- especially with one liner comics, they're often not perfect. There there there's often some jokes in there that are, because they have to write, you know, fifty jokes yeah. to make an hour. Whereas somebody like Nate, on the other hand, who has kind of a slow uh, build up. To his stuff, and there is it is joke packed also, 
But you would look at that and you go, oh, there's 10 stories here. It's a whole different... It's like soccer and uh, football, or football and <laughs> football. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it, but I don't know if you know this. We've never talked about this. My favorite comic of all time is Rodney Dangerfield. I don't think we have talked about we that. That's talked really about interesting. Yeah, I shouldn't. But even, that's another great example of somebody who quick jokes and people love him. That motherfucker is funny. <laughs> he just quick and funny. Like I'm like, this is stupid. Like before I was even into comedy, I listened to Rodney Dangerfield on Pandora. Right when Pandora was a brand new thing, and I was like, this guy's a legend. He is too, and he's. I don't know if if you how much you know about him, but he's a guy who found fame late in life which Hell is yeah. really rare he wasn't a successful comedian he get no respect he was old <laughs> <laughs> and, and what about red Nate? what about red state nate man so red state nate i am a huge 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 fan of of nate Bargatze, and i wonder if 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 people spot the similarities in the two people that i picked today which is if you listen to nate and you listen to mitch one thing that is absolutely true of them hearing them is that they are themselves completely on these two albums or i think we, i played a clip from his uh from bergazzi's special it's also on his album full-time magic but uh he's just purely him and he, you'll notice nate never changes his voice he never does like and then the guy was like hey how could you do he never does that it's always nate's voice that you're hearing and I think that's really interesting. I and same with Mitch. Mitch is just talking like Mitch the whole time. Um, I I think when I first saw Nate, I, this is something I wanted to talk about, and I think this will this will be interesting uh, to hear your thoughts on this, Coach. But the first time I saw Nate, I watched him do an hour, and I laughed the entire time. I was it was this hour actually. This the, the first time I saw Nate, I'm pretty sure he was doing this hour. At least the first time I saw him do a long set. He was doing this hour, and that bit about uh, going having a time machine is one of my favorite bits of all time. I think it's yeah, yeah, genius, yeah. and and this was a comment on the the YouTube video for it, and it's true. Nate paints himself as an idiot, an everyman, like being able to paint yourself as the dumb guy that kind of everybody can relate to. That thing he says about going back in time and not being able to prove he's from the future most of us can relate to that if you if you told somebody about cell phones you would not be able to explain the technology to tell them how it works and it's 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 really great but i watched him do that hour then i watched him do it again the next night i used to hang out at uh, the comedy attic in bloomington pretty much every weekend at this point in my life and i would go watch uh whoever was whoever was there and i watched if they were great i would watch them multiple nights in a row because i wanted to learn from them and i watched nate and again, just killer, killer, killer. I loved hearing the bits again. And it was the hour. It was him doing this hour. And the, after the third show, my friend was opening for him. My friend Sally Brooks, a very funny comedian. She's in Atlanta now. Um, she goes, I kind of feel bad because I'm, I'm being dirty on stage. Uh, and I, I worry that Nate doesn't like that, but he doesn't seem to care. And I was like, why the fuck would Nate care about that? Why would he care? And she goes, Tom, he's clean. And I had watched him do three hours. And yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. even notice it. And that the sign of, to me, a really great com comedian who's clean is when you you leave and you go, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice he was clean. Yeah. And I think 
I think it'll <laughs> this will lead me on to more things, but I just think the way he talks is so funny, and he he writes so brilliantly and also scathingly. He's he he has some really like dark lines, I think, and there's like a sarcasm to him that's so funny while also being kind of innocent because he's this he he plays this dumb guy and in order to play a dumb guy and be so good at comedy you have to be really fucking smart you have to be really intelligent to pull that off i think and he he does it so well i think he's i just think he's he's great but being able to do to be clean without rubbing it in the audience's face that there's like this cute thing happening is to me great it's the sign of a great clean comedian yeah nate's um his words might be clean, but his thoughts are very dirty. I think that's true. I think that there's like a there's this seething underneath some of the things he says, or just a weird little bite where you're like, it's the writing is sharp. It's so sharp, and it's somebody my buddy uh, who came up with Nate, uh, my buddy Graham, was saying that like uh, he doesn't tell like joke jokes. He never you don't hear Nate. I mean, he has observations occasionally. One of my favorite jokes of his is about Walmart and uh, and it, Walmart versus mom and pop stores, which is an observation, but it comes weaved in through this kind of this story or something that's going on in his life. You're just hearing about who Nate is on stage, and it's yeah. pure Nate, and I, I really I really love it. Um, from the second he gets on stage to the time he gets off, you're you're in his world, and that's that's another sign of a of a great comic to me. Yeah, I I don't know if it's fair. Like I, I know Seinfeld is clean, and I know you know Red State Nate is clean, but them dudes feel a little dirty to me. Seinfeld's always talking about chicks he's smashing, and it's <laughs> is he in his show? He's, oh, he's in the show. He dated yeah, like yeah. twenty chicks in his show That's every true. season. Every I was like, episode was a new lady. That guy was throwing his cock. He just didn't like touch around <laughs> it, you know. I was true. like, and Costanza and those guys. I was like, you guys are you guys are dirty. You just I just you're clean about it, but yeah, it doesn't mean you're yeah. not clean. Um. I do like the way that uh, the young black comedians are coming up. I like the way race is being talked about with the successful guys, like in your last clip. There was a time like 98, 96, when Comic View was kind of hitting and everything was white people did this and black (laughs) people did that. And I'm like, that doesn't get a laugh anymore. That's kind of old. And I love this new way of being like, hey, I'm black. I'm going to point out stereotypes, but I'm I'm not going to be so emotionally connected to it. Absolutely, I think, and I think this uh, this guy is is one of the best at writing really thoughtful material that's also just really funny. Uh, this this last clip I got for you guys, this is from Comedy Central stand up featuring. You can find the whole set on YouTube. This is my buddy Jordan Temple. Yeah, it's me, nigga. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're living in a time now where people argue on behalf of black people about things black people aren't even upset about. <laughs> I heard this one white lady online. She's like, I'm upset and outraged by the lack of diversity in Tim Burton movies. <laughs> and I know for a fact that black people don't care about being in Tim Burton movies. <laughs> It's not like I woke up this morning like, you know what the most difficult thing about being a black man in America is? I'm unrepresented in Edward Scissorhands. It's not a real thing, you know. I don't like those white saving movies, you know. Makes me want to like flip the script, like have my own white saving movie. 
where I coach a fat white girl through a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> Call it the fat side. She's walking down the street, she's like, I don't believe in myself. I'm like, I believe in you. She's like, really, what do you see in me? I'm like, a whole lot of hot dogs. And then she chokes and dies on a hot dog. But the good news is, I want an Oscar, so. And my mom doesn't like that joke. She always says, if you don't have anything nice to say, then you just like your father. <laughs> my girlfriend is white, that's just who she is, it's not a come up, and uh, I feel like the dangers we experience apart are neutralized more together, that makes sense. Like one time we were on the subway platform facing each other and standing by me looking in her direction was the guy's like licking his lips. It's like putting on chapstick for way too long. And she felt nervous, held my hand, felt safe. And then standing by in her looking in my direction were two fully uniformed police officers. And I felt nervous, held her hand, felt safe. <laughs> And then a cop started putting on chapstick. <laughs> yeah, this actually happened to me recently. I was uh, pulled over by the cops in the cab. Yeah, I didn't know they could do that either. <laughs> and they put on the lights, boop, and the cab driver was like, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> they came to shine the lights in the back seat. They're like, I'm sorry, I just wanna make sure those guys are right. We had some robberies at gunpoint tonight. And it made me nervous, because like, as a kid, like cops would come to my school and read books to us, but like in that moment, I felt like I was in a Dr. Seuss book that was trying to demonstrate racism to children. <laughs> Just like, cop I am, I am cop I am. <laughs> I do not like black man or woman. <laughs> I would not like them on a boat. I would not like them on a goat. <laughs> I would not like them eating cookies. I would not like them wearing hoodies. <laughs> I would not like them anywhere, to be honest. <laughs> Except maybe my fantasy basketball team. <laughs> They came over like, where are you coming from? I was like, a comedy show. They're like, where are you going to? I was like, a comedy show. <laughs> They're like, oh, really? You're a comedian? Tell me a joke. And I was like, you just pulled over my cab? <laughs> Nigga, that's the joke. <laughs> that's all you get, you goofy bitch. I don't know. I don't know, I think race relations are getting better though. I don't know if y'all heard, but a KKK leader was caught with a black gay prostitute. Yeah, sounds progressive. <laughs> he hates blacks, he hates gays when they're together for some reason. He's like, oh, I dabble. <laughs> it's like two things he hates became something he loves, you know? I get it, I hate mayonnaise and tuna fish. But when they're together, who would have known? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's hard for black men especially to talk about depression because we have so many cool words available to us to undermine how we really feel, you know? <laughs> like a couple years ago, I was having some suicidal thoughts and depression, so I checked myself into a psych unit, and um, I know you guys are looking at me like Jordan, but you're so handsome. <laughs> and well put together, but you know what they say, black don't crack, only psychologically. <laughs> I got out of the psych unit and a friend of mine was like, are you okay, man, is everything all right? But I had so many cool words available to me, I was like, yeah, I was just tripping. 
But I wasn't just tripping. I had a severe mental breakdown. <laughs> if anything, I might have been bugging, but I wasn't tripping. <laughs> I went to see my therapist. He's like, how's your week? I was like, I was on one. <laughs> he looked at my prescription like, you're supposed to be on two. <laughs> People have weird beliefs. I think it's funny how some people don't believe in depression, but believe in Jesus. Like, Jesus was depressed. Like, he washed people's feet using his hair in tears. If you had a friend who washed people's feet using his hair in tears, you'd be like, at least I'm doing better than Jesus. Also, there's a scripture in the Bible that just says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. That means somebody saw him crying and was like, yup. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Try to help him at all. That's why I read the Bible. Just a lot of bad friends. <laughs> I read the Bible, that verse was like, Jesus wept. And then I went and asked him if he was all right. <laughs> and he said, it's not one big thing, just a lot of little small things. <laughs> There's no notes on here. All it says is, you did great. <laughs> Thank you. All right, that was Jordan Temple from his set on Comedy Central stand-up featuring that is on YouTube where you can see the whole set. You should. It's a great set. And now it is time for the Tom Takar rhythm, just like Netflix has their algorithm. I like to give suggestions for comedians you'll like. If you liked Mitch Hedberg, I think you'll also love Eric Bergstrom, who has a Comedy Central half hour. He's really funny uh, one-liner comic. Also, we talked about him earlier, Jamar Neighbors. Uh, if you like Nate Bergazzi, also check out Dave Stone. He's the co-host of Kyle Kinane's The Boogie Monster Podcast. And Joe Zimmerman, I think you'll also like. Like I said earlier, we have a new email. That's suttpod at gmail.com. If you have any recommendations or want recommendations or if uh, there's something you want to hear, any of that good stuff, or DM me, I'll probably see it. And that'll do it for this week's show. On behalf of me and Coach T, we will see you next week. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.